are not Mem Aleph Hamud Beis, information from a supernatural source in Yavo Eliyahu. I'm uh, talking to you now from the island of Rhodes, where I'm at a wonderful Pesach program with a, a, a huge crowd of people, well over a thousand people. Uh, and uh, there are opportunities to learn with the, the group here. And yesterday I was talking to them about the whole idea of Safek and how much of our lives are constituted by conditions of Safek, conditions of doubt, and how much of what we're learning in, in Yevomus is actually the management of doubt, uh, how to navigate doubt, how to live with certainty in, in an environment and in circumstances of uncertainty. And in today's Gemara, we have a further analysis of the idea of, of, of doubt. And through comparing two different cases of Safek, uh, we get into a deeper understanding of Safek and the ability to, to resolve Safek. And one of the things we'll be looking at is what happens if we have a supernatural source of information that could resolve doubt with certainty to what what level of halachic um, relevance, what level of, of halachic power and force, authority, does such a source of information have? Uh, the Gemara talks about a safek where she kidesh achat achayot kidesh. A man lands up having done kiddushin, having betrothed a woman, except he's not sure which of the two sisters he actually betrothed. There are various ways that that could come about. For example, if he used a sheliach, he used a proxy to do the kiddushin, uh, and the proxy couldn't get close to the, the woman concerned, and so he threw a document which proposed to the woman, which made it clear that, that there was a, a kiddushin, and the document landed on the ground halfway between the two sisters. Uh, and now it's not quite sure which is the sister that, that received the Kiddushin. So we have a situation where each girl is a, a, a safek. She could be the man's arusa, the man's betrothed, or she could be the sister of the man's betrothed. Uh, and then what happens where in a situation where the man now dies and his brother has to do yibum, with which girl would he do yibum? Well, the answer is he can't do Yibum with either one because with either one there's the risk that he's doing Yibum with the sister um, of, of the girl who's actually attached to him by means of Zika, by means of being attached as a potential yab Yabama. And so he has to be Choletzet, he has to uh, do Chalitza with both of them. And the Gemara says, in that case, Im in that case, if Eliyahu Hanavi would come and would say Sarah is the one that, that he actually married, um, not Leah, it's actually Sarah, uh, then surely Bat Chalitza V'yubimhi, that would be acceptable. Hachaim yavo Eliyahu v'yamar daha lo i'abra mi mashkech but the same would not apply in the case of safek, in the case of doubt that we're dealing with in this piece of Gemara, which is where a man... Uh, marries or does yibum with a woman within three months of her previous marriage. And the issue there is that at the time of the marriage, we're not sure if the, the, the child is a child of the first husband or not. So firstly, there's a problem with yibum, which we've discussed before, that if a 
the child is a child of the first husband, then there shouldn't be yibum altogether and this woman is forbidden to him. But even in the case of marriage, if a woman gets married and divorced, we learn in the Mishnah that there still has to be a three-month wait so that we know that the child conceived after that second marriage is in fact the child of the second father. And we know from the perspective of understanding yuchsin and relationships and forbidden relationships, we know exactly who the father is of the child. In a situation like that where he went ahead and did marry the woman within three months, and now we have a doubt as to whether what, what the, the, the nature of the, of the child is, if Eliyahu were to come and say, uh, this particular baby is, uh, is the second man's child that she was not pregnant at the time that he married her. Would we accept that? Would we listen to that and, and allow a marriage? So again, let us say that this is before the second marriage. The first man is married, the first, a man is married to a woman, he dies or he divorces his wife. The, um, another man wants to come and wants to marry this, this woman. Within three months, we don't allow the marriage. But what if Eliyahu and Avi were to come and say, no problem marrying her, she is not pregnant at this time. So we will know for sure that any future pregnancy is the child of the second husband. Would we allow that? In any event, we know that even a child, if a, if the woman is is less than bat mitzvah, she's a, she's a child, she's allowed to have kiddushin, and she can't possibly be pregnant, and yet she also has to wait three months. So you see that irrespective of Eliyahu and Navi telling us what the facts of the case are, once the Chachamim have decreed, have made a rule, have made a law, that law is all-encompassing and can't be circumvented because we have some supernatural information. And this is um, an interesting idea that we find in, in two, two places that are, are very central. The one is the Mishnah Lamelech says in, in Hilchot Tishut, in Perich Tel HaLachavav, that Dafka besafek de mitziut shayach lomar im yavo Eliyahu. What is the difference between these cases? Why, if a man's not sure which of the two girls he married, we will listen to Eliyahu. But if, a man, but if Eliyahu were to tell us that a woman is not pregnant, uh, immediately after her divorce or the death of her first husband, we would not listen to Eliyahu and we would still not let the second husband marry her. Um, why these two different authorities for Eliyahu Hanavi? Surely we either believe him or we don't. We trust him or we don't. And the Mishnah Melech says, no, you can only believe, or not a question of believing, you can only act on information gained from Eliyahu Hanavi when that information clarifies facts and reality. But if your question is a matter of halakha, where you don't know what the din is, you don't know what the halakha is, then Eliyahu has no right to come and tell us what the answer is, what the right psak is. So there can be two kinds of safek. You can doubt the fact, you have, a, you have a query and uncertainty about the facts, or you can have an uncertainty about the halakha, what is the din under these conditions. If the uncertainty is about the facts, Eliyahu can clarify. If the uncertainty is about the din, we don't listen to Eliyahu. And the Mishnah Menech gets that, in fact, from the Rambam, in Hilchot Yisodei HaTorah, Perik where the Rambam says very clearly, If a Navi, if a prophet comes and undoes something which we've been taught in the Torah, or Shamar Bedin Midin Torah, 
or he says in matters of the Torah, Hashem tzivalo shadin kach. He says, Hashem told me that this is the law, this is how it needs to be. Or he says, in this argument between these two authorities, Hashem told me, this is a prophet telling us, an accepted prophet tells us, Hashem told me that the halacha is like so-and-so. This individual becomes a navi sheker and is guilty of death. Even if he showed, did wonders and miracles and proved himself, he's going against the Torah. The Torah itself has taught us that Torah is not in heaven. That means we don't get information, we don't accept information in the deciding of halakha, we don't accept information even from heaven. And we don't listen to a bat call, we don't listen to heavenly voices, and we certainly don't listen to prophets, and nor would we listen to Eliyahu Hanavi, says the Mishnah Lemelech. That isn't a valid source of information in the management of halakhic issues. Halakhic issues have to be managed intra-halachically and not extra-halachically. You've got to use the system of halacha to resolve halachic issues. You can't take in input from outside the system. And this is, by the way, we have to be quite careful in matters of um, uh, where, where we have scientific information that, that can inform halacha. There are times when we use it and there are times when we don't. So, for example, here where we're looking at a, a woman who wants to get married less than three months after his her husband passed away or she got divorced. And we say, no, we won't let you get married yet because we want to be certain that you're not pregnant before you get married to the second husband. What if she did a, does a, a pregnancy test with a high degree of, of accuracy? Uh, would we say, well, okay, there's a pregnancy test that she's not pregnant, so we have the information. No, that would be considered extra halachic in, information and would not be admissible. In the same case as the Gemara says, even a young girl, if she's under 12 years old, so we know for sure she's not pregnant, and yet we won't allow her to get married either, because once the halacha has been stated, once a person, a category of people have been associated with a particular halacha, in this case, a previously married woman, that's the category. The halacha is, may not get married for three months. That is an all-encompassing principle, and no extra halachic information is going to change that, not even Eliyahu and Avi, and certainly not, not scientific fact. Uh, the Chazam Sofer has a beautiful piece in, in Chelek Vav Simon Sadichet, I've referred to it once before, um, and he talks about the fact that Eliyahu can come in two different forms. He can come in a spiritual form as he comes at a Brit Milah. The Eliyahu Navi is present at Brit Milah, but you don't see him. And under these circumstances, the, uh, the Chazam Sofer says, um, he is not mukhiyav b'mitzvot. Eliyahu doesn't have to keep mitzvahs in that form because he's not a body. And when he appears in that way, what happens if somebody at the bris says, I saw Eliyahu Navi and he spoke to me and he told me that the halacha is A, B, and C. You don't, we can ignore that. We, we don't decide halacha on the basis of an intervention by Eliyahu Navi. This is just like a dream or, or prophecy. And we don't listen to a bat call to a heavenly voice. This is an important part of the Chzim Sofer. However, when Eliyahu appears as a human form, as a human being, then he's a Talmud Chochem of great stature, and we can reason with him, and we can ask him, and he can answer. And under those circumstances, 
I love Tishmuin ki mi kamohu more. One has to listen to him because where would we find a teacher of that caliber than Eliyahu and Avi himself who has appeared as a human being and not as a spirit. So that's a fascinating idea that Eliyahu can appear both as a spirit, as something intangible, and as a tangible being. And how would you know that it's Eliyahu? There are different, different ways. And the fact of Eliyahu appearing, we see that several times in the Gemara, that uh, various Amoraim and Tanaim actually met Eliyahu and, and conversed with him. And much more recently than that, um, whenever we came across these types of Gemara, my father used to tell, tell me that, that when he was in yeshiva learning with, with his uncle, Rebel Yelopian, they used to ask him, is this real? seeing Eliyahu and Avi, does this really make sense? And Rebellia used to smile and say, I know a young man who actually saw Eliyahu and Avi. Yes, this is real. And that's all he would say. Many, many years later, when I was uh, studying in yeshiva, uh, Reb David Mishkovsky, who was the brother of my Rosh Yeshiva, told me that one Motsi Yom Kippur, Reb Elia broke his fast at Reb David Mishkovsky's house, which was his his custom every every year. And one year, Rabdovid Mishkovsky said to Rebellia, I'm going to tell you a story and I want you to tell me whether it's true or false. And um, Rebellia tried to get out of it and Rabdovid Mishkovsky just said, we're not going to serve the meal until you answer my question. Is the story true or false? And I'll tell you the story. Um, and and he told him the story that in Lithuania, when he was his wife was very, very ill, uh, and he, there was nothing to do to save her, a person came into the room where she was, and he was there too. And this person said to Rebellia, go down to the river by the, uh, by the bridge and told him which bridge. Right next to the river where the bridge stands, you'll find a certain type of grass, which he described. Bring the grass back, boil it up, and give it to your wife to, to eat, a drink, and... Rebellia did that and she immediately became better. She was cured. And the man is somebody Rebellia had never seen before and never saw again. So Rebellia Mishkovsky said, that's the story I heard. Is it true or it's false? And eventually Rebellia said, the story is true, but it wasn't through me. It was through uh, my wife. It was the schut of my wife. It was my wife's merit. It wasn't in my merit. So I said to Rebellia Mishkovsky, how did you hear the story? Rebellia clearly has never told anybody the story. Nobody else but Rebellia and Eliyahu Hanavi knows the story. How did you hear the story? And Rebdovi Mishkovsky told me he heard it from the Geira Rebbe, the late Geira Rebbe, the Beis Yisrael, and the Mishkovsky family was close to the, to the families of the, of the Geira Rebbe's. And he told me the story that um, the Geira Rebbe said that Rebellia went to the Sfas Emes, the first Geira Rebbe, Oh, the, 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 the first gay Rebbe, and the, not the first gay Rebbe, but he went to the Svasemis and um, asked for a brocha. And the Svasemis said to Rebellia, I don't need to give a brocha to a young man who's seen Eliyahu and Avi. And Rebellia answered, if you know that I've seen Eliyahu and Avi, I absolutely need a brocha from you. Because clearly the only way that the Svasemis could have known that Rebellia, that, Elio, that Rebellia had seen Eliyahu and Avi is because Eliyahu Hanavi told the Svasemis, which means the Svasemis also had had conversations with Eliyahu Hanavi. Um, and, and the story therefore came down to David, David Mishkovsky through the, the Geira Rebbe, and he confronted uh, Rebellia Lopian to try and get uh, authorization of the, of the story being accurate. So I tell you this just to realize that this is in our times. 
that there are people who have encountered Eliyahu Navi as a human being in a human form. And in that form, the halachic information that Eliyahu can give us has the same degree of accuracy as any halachic information coming from any Talmud Chacham, from any great scholar. Uh, but when it comes in some supernatural form through prophecy and dreams and all sorts of other forms and powers, we don't take any notice of it in halacha, uh, because halacha has its own system of resolution. Uh, even though we know that Eliyahu is right, and we would know that that's the, the truth, that's the fact, we don't make halachic decision on the basis of facts that come to us from supernatural methods, only on the basis of reasoning that comes to us through thinking it out according to the principles of the Torah. <laughs> 